Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Rolay. And together we form Mulder and Scully. Uh, X-Files? X-Files. Oh, man. I, I got lucky on that one. You got one. Do you know why? Uh, because these creatures next to us? No, that can't be it. No. Um, no, I've got nothing. It's because they were always searching for the answers. And so are we. So are we. And so is this this episode. People very often answer why they're failing or why they're having a bad time by blaming the root setters. Mm-hmm. And we, it's just not their fault. Yeah. And we've all done it. We've all done it. And don't get me wrong, there are some bad root setters. You all know who you are. Yeah. There are some root setters who suck. But for the most part, it's not the root setters' fault. Even the root setters who suck, it's not their fault <laughs> if you suck. It, correct. Yeah. You know, you they, know, and good route setters can put up bad climbs. Absolutely. And bad root setters can put up amazing climbs. Mm-hmm. So... You never know. But the point is here that we're going to be discussing is stop blaming the root setters. And here are five reasons why you should stop blaming them and 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 how you should redirect your gaze, your question, your your search for answers in the great unknown as Mulder and Scully would do. Uh, you want to jump us into number one here? Yeah. Um, so number one reason for why you should stop blaming route setters is that boulders and routes are puzzles. Like they're supposed to be challenging. Yeah. Um, and this is one I see all the time. You know, people will try something and if it doesn't click immediately, they're just like, oh, this is, this is dumb. Like that, that foot's too bad. This moves too big. All these different things. Um, and what's funny is when you first start climbing, everything is so strange and so foreign that you almost don't have the op. Like you don't even know you can blame the route setters yet. Right. So you're just like, "Whoa, I've got no clue what's going on here." Did you see that guy twist his leg in? That was weird. <laughs> How do you do that? Like it's just, you know, everything is new and strange, and so you just kind of accept that you have more to learn. Like these are physical puzzles that we put our bodies through. And I think that's like one of the coolest things about climbing, but it's hard to remember that with uh, climbing in the gym. Yeah, that's a really good point you that you make. You know, we go into all of these things anytime we're trying to learn something, and there's this concept of the beginner's mind thrown around. You know, try mm -hmm. to try to have a beginner's mind, and and you're exactly right. When you're a beginner, you don't know to blame the setter. Yeah, you're just like. Everybody in here knows more than me, so I must need to learn to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. You don't automatically 
add your excuses in and just say, oh, well, the person who created this thing must be wrong. Yeah. It doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and another thing I hear thrown around in the gym all the time when when someone encounters something that they're finding too challenging, you know, you can tell when someone is is stuck in a place, is in a fixed mindset about something, because very often they will say, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, if I if if that doesn't work for me comes out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, this is something I need to learn how to make work for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a, you know, it, it's a very funny thing because like with rock climbing, it's supposed to be frustrating. Like we're supposed to find these things that are very challenging. Like you should look at a problem and say, man, I have no clue how I'm going to do that. And the whole purpose is we go and we try and figure out how to do it. Like, oh, I didn't know I could apply pressure with my legs in that way and then like move in this direction. I didn't think I could make those combinations work. You know, if you every time you walked up to a boulder or a route and you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen, like, you know, the problem solving isn't really there. Like, and that's just like, that happens sometimes with very simple problems, yep. but it's not that common and it shouldn't be. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite things is to go to an established boulder and spot something right next to it that looks really fun and has really interesting moves that no one's seen yet. And, and it's entirely because I've spent time in the gym doing absolutely ludicrous things that don't make any sense, you know? And I, at first anyway, and I don't go outside and think, oh, this, the relationship of these holds doesn't make any sense. So this is stupid. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. You know, I think, oh, it would be really cool if I could connect this thing together that nature created, you know, Mm -hmm. what's different about, you know, Jim Bob in your gym setting something that doesn't make sense to you. And, and then you getting to figure out how to fit yourself into those spaces between the holds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, that's, something I, I know I'm guilty of. If I see something outdoors and it looks completely fucked up, I'm like, oh, cool. Like I need to figure this out. Yeah. But if it's something indoors, it's so easy to be like, who set this? What's that tag say? Right. Oh, you know, like JD. This, this setter must be really tall. Uh, oh yeah. Really taller. Oh, <laughs> this person just set so many Gastons. Like I'm ah, next. Yeah. Like, and you'll see that. Like I even know some gyms, they stop putting route setter names on the tags. Mm. Because people would start making, kind of jumping to it conclusions mm-hmm. or making these assumptions early on. Um, yeah, that's a shame. You know, we, we all get into this, not, not all of us, but a lot of us do get into this because we enjoy the challenge. We enjoy, you know, figuring out these physical puzzles that are presented to us. And then we decide we like a specific kind of puzzle and... And we only want that puzzle from now on, mm-hmm. you know. And only to be a certain amount of challenging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, you know, it, yeah, I think that's a great point. Like we get into any activity you do, you, most of us, we look at it and we're like, oh, that's challenging, but it's challenging in a way I enjoy. Like 
for a lot of people with climbing, it's physical and it's cerebral, which is mm -hmm. really cool. But if climbing was just really easy, you probably wouldn't come back. Like you never would have come back a second time if, if all the walls were huge chugs and it was on slabs and the only goal was to get to the top by any means. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, cool. I, I climbed all the walls and you hear this with like people will come in, um, like brand new climbers. And if they aren't explained how like grades and routes work, they'll be like, well, I've climbed all the walls. Yeah. All right. Well, see ya. Let's go roller skating next time. Yep. Totally. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, how many times have you gone outside bouldering, sport climbing, whatever, and either figured out or seen someone else do a piece of beta that is entirely new and novel to you? And then you try it and you're almost connecting it and that gets you really excited to come back to this thing, you know? Oh, I, I got to come back here tomorrow, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm coming back next week or I got to start planning another trip now because mm -hmm. this is so cool. I have to come back and do this super unique, interesting thing. Yeah. In the gym, it's not unique and interesting. It's dumb and awkward. That's stupid. Why did they put that there? there this foot isn't even where it should be. Why do they even know what they're doing? Right. They turned yeah. this handhold the wrong way. This is a right hand grip. All the holds are facing the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, you know, and it is funny, like with outdoor climbing, we take, we have that different perspective of, you know, well, it's here. Like I just have to do it. Like, you know, you don't curse the route setter. Um, you just, I, I do curse yeah. nature occasionally. Yes. Um, yesterday in particular, I cursed nature multiple times. Yes, you did. You know, nature hurts my feelings sometimes. It does. My skin a lot of times, but, yeah. uh, yeah, you just, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, this is it. All right. Let's, you know, let's just get after it. Yep. Um, and I think this kind of segues us into number two. Number two reason on why you shouldn't blame the route setters is that one thing we hear a lot is, oh, well, this is nothing like the outdoors. Yeah. More and more these days we hear that. Yeah. And let me just say, it is like the outdoors. Yeah. Even totally. the comp problems, honestly, especially the comp problems. Um, and it's less that it's not like the outdoors and it's that maybe your perspective of what the outdoors is is a little too narrow. Right. Um, and this is something, you know, we encounter all the time. Mm -hmm. But man, with modern climbing gyms, like with volumes, volumes alone make climbing indoors so much more like outdoors than like back when it was just Absolutely. flat panels. Yeah. It's wild. And we have all these just crazy, unique, new types of holds. Um, it's unbelievable. Like the gap that has been closed even in the last five years has been enormous. Yep. Um, yeah, for some reason, and I, I'm probably guilty of thinking this from time to time, but now I can't fathom why any of us have ever said or looked at the current state of climbing indoors and said, there aren't any more just straightforward, straight up crimp ladder lines so it's getting further and further from climbing outside. Mm -hmm. I haven't climbed on a straight-up crimp ladder outside in years. They're they're very rare. And it's it's why they are highlighted when they exist. Yeah. Like you look at a very classic one, and this is kind of funny. You look at uh, Free Willy and Waco Tanks. Yeah. That's the only one that comes to mind. Well, and here's what's <laughs> funny. The opening move 
If you put that in the gym, people uh, would lose sure. their mind. That's a really great point. That opening move is weird. Yeah, you have to hand foot match this right hand two finger pocket and you have to do this like off balance throw and your feet are under a roof and there's no good foot there. So it's this weird off balance throw to like a capped sloper crimp that's really precise. Yep. And it's funny, I've seen plenty of people come out, smash all of the crimp moves and then fall on that opening move for hours. Yep. And it's because, you know, it's a, it's not a straightforward crimp move. And it's not the hardest move, but if all you can do is straightforward crimp, like it'll slow you down. Yep. Yeah, and I bet there's a whole lot of kids coming out of the gym who are just smashing that first move without even thinking about it. Yeah. Because they've learned so many new skills, so many new ways to fit their body in between holds, to move through space, to create momentum out of weird positions. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our skills when climbing in the gym was straightforward crimp and sloper ladders were incredibly limited yeah so and, i mean and i just like i said in the previous point one of my favorite things about climbing outside is finding holds that look like there shouldn't be a problem there but it works mm -hmm. and there's so many so many famous boulders that are like that just weird positions you know super unique people take uniqueness and and make it a, a big extra star on on boulders outside. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like if you have to lead, you know, feet first or throw wild toe hooks or right. all these different things, which you do often. But it's like, it's funny how I hadn't even thought about this till you just said it. The more unique climbing is outdoors, the higher it's praised. Right. The more unique climbing is indoors, the more people shit on it. And the more unlike... Outdoors Real climbing is. it is. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, outdoors, <laughs> wow. like people are like, oh, that's really like, oh, it's just straightforward, whatever. It's fine. But like, you know, good problems are very unique. Where indoors people are like, oh, it'd be nice if we had some more straightforward problems. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'll say this. We've probably said it on this podcast before, but if you think for a second that all of those people that you see in the world cups who are really good at these comp style boulders can't just pull really hard straight forward you're out of your mind yeah they're all wildly strong and it would be boring as hell if climbing were all just straightforward because you can't make holds small enough for those people yeah it would be it would be very difficult to separate people in that way yeah and I mean, and that's what, that's the whole point of these World Cup climbs is to separate and to <clears> give them a reasonable challenge. Um, but yeah, you know, you look at Jakob Schuber, um, Alex Magos, who we think of as him as an outdoor climber, but smashed in the Olympic qualifiers. Yeah. Um, Rustam Gelmanov came out, did uh, hypnotize minds the second ascent, like in flat shoes and a flat brimmed hat, couldn't even yeah. get close to the wall. In an afternoon or something absurd yeah. yeah he just came out and i mean the world's best climbers have tried that and all of the rest of them have been bowed other than dave graham who did it recently yeah but after years and daniel who did the fa uh daniel with the fa yes but yeah rustom just a plastic climber went out and smashed right just a plastic climber yeah air oh. quotes but yeah like <clears throat> indoor climb outdoor climbing is incredibly diverse like you do so much unique movement 
And I think that's something that the longer we've been climbing, the easier it is to say like, oh no, a moon board, that's outdoor climbing. Where really that represents a more narrow scope of outdoor climbing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, like I might've agreed that indoor climbing was not always as specific as outdoor climbing. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, now with the way things are, like with volumes, with the types of holds, honestly, with the types of setters we're getting, like there's so much more experience now that this is a prof- a profession and people have been able to do this for years. This isn't just, you know, people trading membership f- for uh, setting a few hours a week. Right. Like we're getting a lot of really cool, unique problems and puzzles. Um, you know, and I think we really need to value that. Yeah, I do too. I think it's hugely important and... And I think that we need to keep in mind as well what our outdoor perspective really is and and how narrow that might be. You know, if you're very focused on one area, your home area or or your project or your style, then chances are what you're looking for in the gym is also really, really narrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think it's very easy to make that mistake and expect your gym to fit your perspective. And in reality, it just shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I agree. Uh, take a quick break. Yeah. All right. Break. What's up, everybody? Chris here. I wanted to tell you about our two newest products designed to make you more efficient, more organized, and reduce your excuses. The first two major components of our essential elements line, the Crag Kit and the Boulder Bag. The Crag Kit's a collection of items that are a must-have for every climber. We filled it with a special skin file designed just for climbers, nail clippers and detail skin clippers that actually clip, as well as our circuit tape and necessary products from Tension and Rhino Skin. All in a water-resistant case, we've partnered with Soil to design with a built-in zippered mesh pocket and a removable mesh pouch. I won't even go climbing without mine. We designed the boulder bag, also in collaboration with Soil, to solve the problems created by shoving backpacks into your crash pad or strapping them to the outside. It's a messenger-style bag that unfolds like a saddlebag to lay flat in your crash pad. No more bumps, no more soft spots in your foam. We made it roomy enough for everything you need, but simple enough that you won't be tempted to take too much shit. Plus, it just looks sexy when you're going to the gym. Game changer. You can find these at powercompanyclimbing.com essential elements or click on the link in your show notes in your pocket supercomputer. All right, back to the show. And we are back. So right before the break, you were talking about how We've now got these setters who are professionals, who put tons of thought. It's their whole job. You know, these people eat, sleep, breathe, and setting, and Instagram, thank goodness, <laughs> setting, and, and all the different things they can do with setting. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out Filth Wagon. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and and that leads us into our next point, which is that learning is a a process, and that goes for setters too, mm-hmm. not just for you. And 
this is how the setters improve by trying new things, by being really creative, by sometimes setting something bad or weird that doesn't go or, you know, or is just so out there that no one can understand it. Yeah. That's, that's how learning works. And if you want good setters, you have to give them room to learn. Totally. Yeah. Just a, just a fact. Yeah. You know, learning means like you have to fail if you want to learn. You can't be afraid of failure. Um, and for people who haven't set much before, like it's not that hard to set a smooth, flowy boulder or route. Right. Like, especially nowadays, um, there's so much technology that's progressed in the last 10 years. Um, you're no longer having to put holds on with a T handle. Like you have hammer drills. Like you can, you can make little changes so quickly. You can put things up, take them down. Like there are so many things like learning can happen really quick as setters now. And, you know, you have these mentorships, you have these big setting teams, a lot of experience. And honestly, after about, you know, within two years of root setting, almost anyone can set, you know, a quote, good boulder, good route. That's just smooth, flowy, man, there are feet everywhere, like right where you want them for any height. It's actually very easy to do. Yeah. Now what is hard to do is setting challenging problems that will test people's different types of skills in ways that is that are unique that all different type of people can climb on and it might be something that they've never seen before or right. an aspect they haven't seen before that's incredibly hard and to do that well takes a lot of work a lot of experience and a lot of trial and error so you know if you come across one of these things and you're like oh this is just like strange or weird like Sometimes you have to give a little leeway and say, hey, like, this could be them trying something new. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've i definitely been guilty of making the statement that, you know, in a gym, there's no excuse for less than a four-star boulder. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made, I've made that statement a number of times in the past. And now that I have my own home gym and and thousands of problems, there are very few that are four and five star boulders. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of two star boulders in there. Yeah. You know, and I love them. They have two star boulders can have Mm. so much to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so, you know, there, there are all sorts of things you can learn from, from a setter who is also learning. And especially if it's your gym and you get to, you know, you're there often and you get to climb on that setter's boulders as they're learning and as they're progressing. It's a really great opportunity for you to basically be led through a course of learning new movement. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to learn it at the same pace as the setter is learning it. That's, that's fucking fantastic. You know, that's a great opportunity to have. So yeah. instead of just, bitching about it and saying this is awkward this is stupid embrace the fact that that you're getting taken along on this this journey that this setter is going through yeah yeah absolutely um you know and kind of like what what we were talking about just because something isn't four stars doesn't mean it's not a good problem for you to learn from like 
when I think of a five-star climb, it's like everything is right where I want it. It's comfy. It fits me well. It's square in the comfort zone. Yeah. Like it is, it's the opposite of a vegetable boulder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all had this experience of you go up, you're like, oh, this problem's absolute trash. I guess I'll just keep trying it. And then once you figure it out, you're like, yo, hey, everyone, come over here. You have, you have to try this. It's amazing. Hold on. Let me tell you how you got to do it, though. <laughs> right, right. Like you, once you figure it out, it's incredible. <sighs> yeah. Like we've all done that. And, For sure. You know, you can take a two-star problem and make it into a four-star problem just by the way you climb it. Yeah, and you can ha- you can have a five-star experience on a one-star boulder. Yeah, one-star yeah. Wednesdays. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of people do, and they think that makes it a classic. <laughs> that's that's a, a whole nother That's podcast, a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that does, that brings us right into our number four, which is hard or strange doesn't mean bad. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that's a, you know, a one-star boulder just because it feels hard or strange to you. Yeah. I And this is something I've always said. It's something I tried to hammer home a little bit in The Hard Truth, is just that just because you find something awkward, strange, weird, doesn't mean that that's what it is. It, it's a static thing. Mm-hmm. you have the capacity to learn. So why do we not first turn to ourselves and say, hey, can I learn something that makes this feel more fun, flowy, secure, whatever it is that I'm missing? Is you know, is there something about me that I can change to make that work? Yeah. And, you know, blame yourself before you blame the setter. And, mm-hmm. Like I said, sometimes setters are going to set things differently than they expected to. It's going to be maybe more awkward than they wanted or stranger. But even in those cases, if you can then find a way to make that work, to make it feel good, then that's a big win. You know, just the the recent uh, Drew Ruana and Nathaniel Coleman video. Yeah. In the beginning of the that boulder, they do all these weird techniques that oh yeah, look super awkward and strange, you know, but they work. Mm-hmm. And then as they do them more and more, you can see them becoming less clunky and just becoming part of the boulder. Yeah. You know? Neither of them were like, Oh, this is this is awkward, stupid, I'm gonna walk away. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. like, this is just a part of the challenge. This is what we do. And, you know, Nathaniel at one point was like, oh, and he's like, this is starting to flow. And he talked about a couple tries in. He was like, this is starting to smooth out. Like, this move still feels a little strange to me. I'm having trouble getting weight on my foot, not on my hands. I need to keep working on that. Right. It wasn't all that stupid. Like, this is just, well, that sucks at the foot's there. Yeah. It's a shame this boulder sucks. Yeah. You know, he but didn't. seriously, two foot, uh, two foot's on granite. That looks amazing. The thing looked so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love any boulder that forces me to use a new move that I've never done. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, here I am thinking my my bag of tricks is maxed out. And then all of a sudden there's this new move that I've never even seen or heard of or thought existed. You yeah. Know? How cool is that? Yeah. I get surprised all the time. Um yeah, one star, put a comment in the comment box. Mm-hmm. Dumb boulder. Exactly. 
Um, you know, I wrote a blog a few years ago. It's still one of my favorites that I wrote. And it was a classic, I think it was classic climbs would be terrible gym boulders. Yeah. Um, and that's something y'all can check out. But I pretty much just went down and took like selected photos of a lot of different classic boulders around the world. And below it, I wrote what I think people would react to it mm -hmm. if they were to try it. And this was just using things that I heard all the time in the gym. Um, you know, like, oh, the holds are just facing the wrong way. Like, this isn't even hard. It's just weird. Yeah. Things like that. And that's, I mean, that's rock climbing. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you how often I think like, oh, this move isn't hard. I just don't get it. It's just strange. Like, these holds aren't bad. Like, the moves aren't big. I don't know why, like, it. this shouldn't be hard, but it definitely is. Right. Like, and that's, like, that is a lot of hard climbing. Um, and it's important to you know, think like, hey, is this just me? Do I just not understand this? And if that's the case, like if you see someone else who maybe has done that boulder, ask them how they did it. Like, man, maybe ask the setter, like, hey, what did you intend for this? Like once you've tried it for a little bit and if you're just like, hey, I don't understand it. Or if you did it and you're like, ah, oh, man, I just had to like break the beta, couldn't do it. Go figure out what they intended and then come back and be like, cool, can I do it that way? Yep. I think, you know, I think a good example is like, I was just going down this rabbit hole as you were talking of like, for example, pinky in the brain, a problem in the mm -hmm. machine shop, which is probably V6-ish and has never been flashed. Yes. You know, not by Angie Payne, not by Seagrass, not by BJ Tilden, not by Kerry Scott. A lot of strong climbers have tried it and not flashed it. And not by me for everyone who's just wondering, <laughs> you know, just putting that out there. <laughs> And then I started thinking, well, that's a similar thing with World Cup boulders. Like very often, a World Cup boulder isn't V12, V13. Mm -hmm. It's more like V7, V8 or something. And the what happens is setters have to come, keep coming up with really creative ways to challenge the best climbers on the planet. So they come up with new movements and interesting, unique movements. And then when someone really hits on something new, what happens? It's in every commercial gym the next week. It, like All the setters work. are trying to learn how to set that move. Yeah. And thank goodness they are, you know? That's cool that one setter in Belgium can come up with this new movement we all get to see it, and then we've got this whole crew of professionals willing to invest time in learning how to set the exact same move. Absolutely. Like, how fortunate are we that we can have commercial setters who are so invested that they're like, <clears throat> they will watch a two-hour live stream of the competition and be like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to implement this and bring this to my community. Right. Like, how rad is that? Yeah, and Yanya didn't walk up to that boulder and be like, oh, this is dumb. Yeah. You know, and just, I'm not going to climb this one. Mm -hmm. This is stupid. Instead, she embraces it. She crushes it like she crushes everything. Yeah, she and, does. and then we all get to learn from it. And there are thousands of you, millions probably, in your gyms going, well, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. And missing that opportunity. Yeah. So. And I think that leads us into our last one. And that's that. Setters are setting for everyone, for all the reasons. 
it's not just for you. You know, it's not just for you projecting your straight up crimp line. Mm -hmm. It's also for the people who watch the World Cups and get excited and want to try those moves. It's for people who, who just are coming into the gym for the fun of it, for leisure time or coming in because they're stressed at work and this is their cathartic release, you know? They have to set for all the thousands of people who walk in the doors. Sure, people, not just for tall you. people. Everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be for everyone just because, you know, so sometimes a boulder won't fit you and that's okay. Like maybe like if you're really short, like, you know, some problems are just going to be too reachy for you. Yeah. You might be able to find a way through or it might be significantly harder for you than it is for other people, but that's okay. Like that's, you know, that's climbing. Yeah, I did a boulder yesterday out at the rock shop that for our friend Marina, who's here in town, mm-hmm. it might be impossible or it might be V13, you know, it's V7 for me, but the moves, and I didn't identify any holds in between, but the moves are gigantic. So, you know, it, it just is that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Nature makes it, your setter's allowed to do the same. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like you, see, you have to remember there are a bunch of people that climb in your gym. Not everything's going to fit you perfectly. Um, you know, the uh, the setter is less like an artist trying to create everything perfectly just for you and more like a newspaper journalist who just has to crank stuff out on a regular basis. They're going to do their best. They're going to try and hit a lot of topics and try and reach to a broad audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is... You have to remember it's a business. It's a commodity. Like Yeah. Mostly I just want to know what Tonde would say about your newspaper journalist analogy now. I would love to sit down with Tonde. <laughs> His perspective is so amazing on so many things. I know. It, yeah. And you know, that's another thing I just want to highlight. Like I've I've been I've had the privilege of being able to sit down in groups of setters and, you know, talk to these these groups of people who think constantly and deeply about setting about the business of setting about the you know the logistics of setting how do we streamline this more how do we be more effective for our audience and how do we help our audience become better climbers like they're they're almost always thinking with with the climber's interests in mind. So when you go just automatically blaming the setter for your inadequacies, you're shooting yourself in the foot, you yeah. know? It, you're biting the hand that feeds you every time you do that. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, I think, next time you come up against a boulder that you feel like is stupid and you just want to blame the setter for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're there for you. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, that was a quick one. That was like 35 minutes. Nice. That's record time. Nailed it. Which is good because we've got like 42 of these to get through while you're here in Lander. Leaves me more time to blame the setters who uh, put everything up in the machine shop too. (laughs) I don't know who those people are. 
but you guys know where to find us. I will put a, a link to the blog post Nate mentioned uh, if you want to check that out in the show notes in your pocket supercomputer. And if I forget, you know, if this episode goes out sometime in 2022, which is entirely possible, then uh, it's right there at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find it by searching Nate's name on the blog posts. And uh, you can also just hit me up on Instagram and I can lead you to it. I'm there on at Power Company Climbing, also on the Facebooks at the same. And uh, you should share that article on Twitter as you should be sharing this podcast on the tweet machine. But you will not be able to tag us there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. You had that fuchsia hoodie that you were selling that one time. Oh, that one time. That's right. Yeah, I'm still jealous. I did. I should have gotten it. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't because I was like, we really need to like get this into the world. But I wanted it in my world. Yeah, we can make more fuchsia hoodies. <clears throat> it's possible.